Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Here's a thing nobody ever asks you to do. I want you to think about your underwear. The underwear you're wearing right now, is it sitting right? Is it comfortable? Whatever you're wearing right now, Mack Weldon is better, baby. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Not only do Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They got a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. That means they eliminate odor. If you don't like your first pair, you keep it. They'll refund you. No questions asked. I'm wearing Mack Weldon's right now. Every time I have a big show, I wear them because they give me a lot of confidence. They feel good. They fit good. They never bother me. High-end stuff at affordable prices. You can't go wrong. I love them. You want 20% off your first order? Visit MacWeldon.com. Enter promo code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. Halo Top is changing the way people eat ice cream one scoop at a time. I got a freezer full of this stuff. Not because they hooked it up because they're an advertiser, because my wife loves it and she got me addicted to it. I love it. At only 280 to 360 calories per pint, Halo Top has less calories than traditional ice cream, but still tastes incredible. It's delicious and creamy, just like ice cream should be with over 20 flavors to choose from. Halo Top has a flavor for every mood, from regular flavors like chocolate and vanilla bean to other mouthwatering flavors like cinnamon roll. Get out of here with cin- That's, I'm going to get that today. Candy bar. It's another flavor. Pancakes and waffles. This is good stuff. I have it in my freezer. I was eating it the other day. It is delicious. Halo Top's available nationwide. Find your pint at halotop.com or on social media at halotopcreamery. Halotop.com. Say goodbye to guilt. Say hello to Halo Top. Hello to everybody who forgot to record this part in the studio, so you have to do it on your phone in a bar. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Is it Tuesday already? It must be Tuesday. Here we are. Another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. A show where a show where people call some guy on the phone and the guy reacts and sometimes tries to be funny when appropriate while anyone in the world has a chance to get up on a soapbox and platform and just tell us who they are, what they're thinking about, what they're dealing with, what their past has been like. And man, am I lucky to do this. I tell you, I was doing shows in Syracuse, New York this past weekend. Uh, it was at a mall. It was at a giant mall, one of the biggest malls in the United States. The comedy club was across from a Margaritaville and next to a Dave and Buster's. This is true. Uh, not my usual. Usually they send me to like the hip, the hip punk rock part of town. I'll do a music venue or something like that. I said, no, I want to do the clubs, man. I want to get out there and like do, you know, grind out a bunch of shows over a bunch of days and just like maybe some of them people who don't know me. Anyway, point being, I got to meet so many people in Syracuse and it was so nice. It was so nice to meet all of you. Thank you to the people who, uh, 
who brought me things. Thank you to the people who had kind words to say about the show. Someone brought me some homemade toys featuring Wolverine and Nightcrawler of the X-Men. Also, here's a first. Here's a first. Because we continued the beautiful anonymous tradition of huggers. We got some huggers in this gang. A lot of you guys are huggers out there. You want hugs, and I'm happy to give you hugs. And you're always so nice about it. You go, I listen to Beautiful Anonymous. I really need a hug. And what a nice thing. I don't ever mind that if I'm sitting there trying to hustle, sell my pre-orders and my new book, which is out, by the way. Uh, the pre-orders, you can get the pre-orders. It's out in October. You get the pre-order now. Who cares? Anyway, here's a first. Someone approaches me. She goes, hey, I brought something for you to sign. I'm thinking she's going to bring a copy of my record out, maybe my other book out. Nope. For the first time ever, ladies and gentlemen, Syracuse, New York, I signed a box of Thomas's English muffins. This thing has gotten larger than life itself. Signing, I'm going out on the road telling jokes, signing boxes of English muffins. And they said my, who, and I, I thought my dreams could never come true. And then they did. Who knew? I, uh, I'm always plugging shows on here now because I'm going out a bunch. I'm, uh, I tell you, I don't have anything. Uh, coming up pressingly. I will say, if you're in New York, my New Yorkers, my hometown, my home base, my people, I'm doing a full hour comedy at uh, the Fat Black Pussycat Lounge. The Comedy Cellar owns it. It's a great space, great environment for comedy. It's only 70 seats, $5 tickets. I said, you keep them cheap. I'm going to get my people in. Haven't really plugged it online yet. I'm going to get the, let this episode drop first. So if you're a New Yorker, you want to come see it, I'm letting this hit. I won't even be tweeting this out until... Later today, maybe even Wednesday, let the beautiful Anonymous fans have the first crack at these sweet-ass $5 tickets if you want, ComedyCellar.com. All the other dates are at ChrisGeth.com. That's all the shilling. Last week's episode, I Cry on the Toilet. It's, so, it's funny, the feedback to that one's so nice. I will say two things that jumped out. One guy who was like, hey, why'd you name the episode that? And uh, he's like, it wasn't a... That was a thing about you crying on the toilet. Usually, and I'm not going to lie. That seems like a title that's going to get people to click, baby. I would download a thing about crying on the toilet. But Jared and I texted about it. Here's some behind-the-scenes info. You guys like the behind-the-scenes info. Jared generally picks the names of the episodes because he takes the audio, he edits them, and then things jump out. And uh, very often I don't even know what they're called until they go up. And then every once in a while I get to put some input in. And uh, he, he said, I think this is the funniest option. I said, yeah. Who cares? I cried on the toilet that day, and I talked about it. Let's go with it. Behind the scenes, throwing here, throwing Jared under the bus. Hey, this week's episode, really, really interesting situation. A lot of you guys remember we did an episode, I think it was for New Year's, right? It was our New Year's episode. People called in and got like one minute at a time. Someone got back through. We heard the one-minute preview on the New Year's show, and then this caller got back through. Uh, you might remember the bullet points of the minute-long call. Um, it's a grandmother who's only 39 years old. This is someone who, I, I tell you, I loved this call. She's got such a great attitude, such a great spirit, such a great energy, and uh, I loved it. She was able to tell us her whole life's kind of like this math problem, and, uh, and not problem in a problematic way, but in a way where you're like, how does the logic on that work? Her, 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 the math of her grandkids' age and her age and her grandkids' mom's age, you just hear it, and you're like, wait, what? Fascinating story. Uh, she shared the whole thing with us, and she was so cool. Also, stopped halfway through to ask me a bunch of questions, which I thought was very adorable and that I hope you guys enjoy because I'm slightly embarrassed by it. The grandma, our 39-year-old grandma, did uh, follow up afterwards and, and wanted just us to share, and I think this is totally fair. Um, just wanted me to note, hi, Chris, grandma here. 
uh, excited, also terrified. My episode's coming up next week. After we got off the phone, started thinking about our conversation, started thinking about how my son's girlfriend would feel if she heard the episode. I remember saying some nice things about her. I wondered if it would come off that I was making fun of her because of her age, hoping it would be understandable from my perspective that initially it was quite a shock to hear they were dating, especially when I first made the call during the New Year's episode when the information was still fresh. But if you haven't recorded the intro yet, I hope you could add some information that's very important for me for people to hear. Getting to know her as a person has been a beautiful experience. She's kind and compassionate. It's becoming such a great mother and such a beautiful soul. I feel so lucky and privileged to be able to welcome her as part of our family. Even though our family situation is unconventional, I'm so happy life ended up this way. Um, and she said so many things like that in the episode, but wanted to reiterate them because as you will very soon hear, this is one of the sweetest, most giving people I've ever talked to in life, let alone on this show. So to our 39-year-old grandmother, I figured I'd just read it word for word. Everybody listening, I think, is going to tell right away that you uh, you love your kid, you love your grandkid, and you love your grandkids, mom. And uh, it's so nice of you to reach out. Happy to put that out there to help soothe the nerves, but you got nothing to worry about. You're the nicest. You're the best. Loved this call. You're going to love it, too. Can't wait to see what you think in the Facebook community. Talk to you soon. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host, Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? How am I doing? I'm feeling okay. I just went today. I emptied out my office from the TV show. That's what I did with the first half of my day. But I tell you what. Wow. Hard to be said when you get to come in and follow it up with the greatest gig in the world. Beautiful Anonymous. Oh, it's so true, right? I mean. I'm a lucky son of a bitch. How amazing is it to be able to. Yeah, it's so amazing to be able to talk to people like this and make such a drastic, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not improvement, but just um, an impact on people's lives. Well, that's nice. Pretty awesome. I just feel lucky. Get to talk to people and that's my gig? Just get to talk to nice people like you? That's the dream. (laughs) It's the dream. Now, how about you? How are you doing? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, pretty excited right now. Um, Wow. What a week I've been having. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if I think about this, like I've always thought about all the things that I would say if I ever got on and um, that I would want to keep things happy and and exciting and like joke around and have a great time with you. Cause I think we could totally do that uh-huh. and we can. And on the other hand, I've been having a week. Okay. Um, so <laughs> okay. I guess I can just tell you a little bit about that and an then hour. we can discuss that and then move on. We'll get to all of it. <laughs> now I should, should I point out maybe, I think Jared told me, I think we, you and I have spoken before, but very briefly. Is this true? This is so correct. And I'm so excited about this. You were one of the callers. We did an episode. Was it for, what was it for the new, new year's or the hot new year's, right? Like we had people just call. It was. Yeah. And, and uh, a whole bunch I of got people to got speak through with you for one minute. <laughs> what a funny thing. And I, I know, right? I mean, this is pretty awesome. I get to speak with you twice in my life. And remind pretty me, cool. what, was, what was your resolution? Which one were you? Okay, so my resolution was that my son had just told me the month before that 
uh, he was going to be having a baby and uh, that I was, I just turned 39 yes. and I was going to be a grandma and um, that there was some interesting episodes or some interesting circumstances surrounding the uh, the pregnancy and and all of that. That um, he, my son, is twenty three, and his girlfriend is now forty three, which means she's older than me. Um, so I was having a hard time, kind of <laughs> trying to wrap my hand my head around that. I am sorry to laugh, but yeah, that's. <laughs> Age is just a number in your house, huh? <laughs> so true. You know what? I feel like my life has just flipped around 180 degrees since that phone call. <laughs> Talk to so but, okay. I want. I don't want to limit it to that. There's so many questions, obviously. But first things first: is everybody healthy? Is is everybody healthy and happy and all that? Everything is so wonderful, Chris. I Good. am. So happy! I'm. We are all so lucky. Everything is amazing. The the baby is so beautiful, and I am so in love with that little baby. That's which, awesome. Which you know, I didn't. I I I didn't know how I was gonna feel. <laughs> yeah, because again, just to reiterate, just to make sure I have all my numbers in a row, your 23 year old son had a baby with a 43 year old woman, and you are 39. Yes, correct. Damn. Damn. Right? I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder how many times in the history of life this has happened. I'm sure it has happened. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure this is a thing. It maybe it's been a couple hundred years. <laughs> Seems like a thing that used to happen more back in the day. Wow. So you tell me where you want to start. We can talk about that or anything else. You had also said you were having a week. So whatever you want to talk about, you let me know. I'm I'm going to bring that back up. Though. Yeah. I know. I know. We have to go there. Um, okay. So let me just tell you about my week and then we can move on. Mm-hmm. So um, my dad, three weeks ago, he... Uh, I got a phone call that he was in the emergency room and um, that he had had a a bleed in his brain. And and so it's this genetic condition that we both share. It's actually like, oh my gosh, this is a whole other thing that like they've been able to track this genetic mutation back to like the 1500s with Hispanics in New Mexico, right? It's like this very niche genetic mutation. And then when I found out about it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like a teenage mutant ninja turtle. It's pretty awesome. means I'm a mutant. Got this mutation. And um, it's been passed along from like generation to generation. Um, My grandma had it. My dad had it. I have it. And now my son has it because he also got DNA tested. And so... It's this mutation that causes lesions in the brain, and sometimes those lesions bleed. And when there's a bleed, then you get effects that can range anywhere from, like, a headache to, like, essentially a stroke, you know, seizures, all of that fun stuff. I'm so sorry. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that was a whole other, you know, when I found out, I found out about that I had that mutation when I was, I think, about 30 and so that was that was some stuff trying to 
wrap my head around mortality and life and, you know, what it all meant. Um, but so my dad had a bleed and this one was fairly severe this time and it caused him to be hospitalized and he doesn't really remember his memory is completely affected. Like from, I could tell him something and five minutes later, he'll forget that, um, what we're talking about or, you know, that we've had a, that we've had a conversation the day before about something. Um, and so not only that, but he can't sit up, he can't walk. And um, so he's been in the hospital and like doing physical therapy and rehab and stuff for the last three weeks. And he finally gets to go home today, but he's going home with 24 hour care now. And we have to, you know, like help him to the bathroom and get in the bed and all of that. And so just going to be a completely life-altering thing. I'm so And I'm sorry. hoping that it's temporary. But yeah. 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 So, uh, that's been my week. Yeah, I mean, that's br- <laughs> that's brutal to see. To, you know, anytime you have a loved one dealing with a medical condition, it's brutal. And I would have to imagine, not to be morbid, but also knowing that it's a condition you share, that must just be like an yeah. extra... The extra, just sobering thing to see. Yes, it's so true because it happened to my grandma when she was fairly young as well. And she lived a good probably 15 years in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And my dad had to take care of her. And I think that's probably been something that's like weighed on my mind a lot and weighed on his mind a lot. And now I'm sure weighing on my son's mind a lot. And then he just had a baby. You know, so then there's that thing that there's a 50% probability that now this terrible thing has been passed on to beautiful little baby as well. Anyway, don't really want to think about that. But. Yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, I'm so sorry. It is sobering when you think about like, yeah, you know, the future and, and what life holds for you in the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a hell of a week. Well, I hope to provide <laughs> some distraction in the middle of what sounds Thank like a rough you. week. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so she's 43, cool. huh? Well, so she's 43. <laughs> yes, let's go back to that topic. <laughs> What's that conversation like? When your son is like, I want you to meet my girlfriend. <laughs> she graduated college while you were in high school. What's that like? That was the most awkward meeting of a person that I have ever had. And I feel like I'm a real people person, you know? And like, I can get along with a lot of people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? She's going to come over. What do I say? <laughs> Um, she came over and I tried my best to be so nice and so welcoming and um, tried to just really be empathetic and loving. And she turned out to be a beautiful, very warm person. Well, that's very nice. And what stage, like, were they just telling you, hey, we're dating and we want you to meet someone in the sense? Or was it, hey, this is going to be 
the mother of your grandchild and we got to own up to it. Like what stage did you learn about this? I'm glad you still find it amusing that you're, are they married that your daughter-in-law is four years older than you? How, how do I even say that? That's going to be so weird. They're not married yet. I have to get to that bridge when I get there. Cross that bridge when I get there. Uh, Wow. Um, man, this is crazy, right? So he tells me, I think it was probably in June. Um, no, he doesn't even tell me. I see it on his Facebook status. It says he's in a relationship. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess he'll tell me about it eventually. So in July, he says, oh, I, by the way, I have this girlfriend and I had promised him a trip to San Diego for his birthday. He was turning 23. He's like, I want to bring my girlfriend on this trip to San Diego with me. And I said, oh, okay, well, sure. You know, go have a good time. See you later. And so they go on this vacation for the weekend and they go have a good time or whatever. Um, fast forward, he, he's slowly but surely spending more time at her house and then he's eventually like moving all of his stuff over there. It's not official or anything, but he's barely coming home at this point. And he lives with and you then, at this point. Uh, he was living with me, yeah. But, like, you know, slowly, he's just not coming home very much. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm, I have a daughter, and she's 15, and she does a lot of theater and dance and stuff. So she's getting ready for to perform White Christmas, which I had never seen, didn't know anything about. Apparently, there's a movie. And I'm like, all right, it's like right before Thanksgiving. And I say, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this movie. I have free time. I'm really excited because I get to see the movie and it's getting me in the spirit for the holidays. And I get to watch my daughter perform. And I'm halfway through the movie and he comes in the house and I'm like, oh, hi, nice to see you. And he says, uh, I've been trying to, you know, get, figure out a way to tell you this. And I don't really know how to tell you, so I'm just going to show you a picture. And he shows me a picture, and it's an ultrasound picture. Wow. And me having two babies, I know that, you know, you have to be a certain um, stage in your pregnancy. I know you get an ultrasound at two months, but this was not a two-month ultrasound picture. <laughs> and had you met his girlfriend yet? I met her one time. One time. She was nice. Um, but I knew nothing about her. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I tell you, I tell you, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I've dated people throughout my life. I've met many a parent. I'm trying to think what would happen if I started dating someone right now and went to met their parent and their parent... 34 years old <laughs> that would be the equivalent for me right that would be the equivalent because yeah. I'm 38 yeah. four years younger than me right wow now look I know I started I started super young because you did. I had my son when I was 16 so I know this is partially my fault <laughs> 
Well, it's not fault. I mean, you're also laughing about and and here's the thing. You're laughing about it and and showing so much joy and I'm laughing about it too. And I hope that we're laughing at it together and you're not one of these people who laughs who um does so to just cover a deep well of fear and pain, which sometimes that happens on the no, show. No, no, no. You seem like a very well-adjusted person. No. I try, I try. Yeah, no, I'm not holding any fear and pain or anything. I mean, I think I resolved I resigned to thinking that um, that whatever is going to happen with their relationship is going to happen. And I don't really have any say in what happens with that relationship. They may get married. They may separate. I don't know. But I feel like she's a great enough person that even if they do separate, that I'll still be able to see my grandson. And then, and, you know, and I then like you and her can hang out. <laughs> totally. I mean... <laughs> I'm already trying that. I'm like, okay, can I be your friend now? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a little bit selfish for selfish reasons because I just want to hang out with my baby. But, you know, she's a nice nice person. I like her. That's nice. So you're 16 16 when you had your son. (sighs) Yes. What's that like? Yeah. Yeah. Um had to tell my parents that I was pregnant when I was 15, and that was a fun conversation. My parents were divorced. My dad already had another woman in his life, whole other topic. Um, and so told my mom first. She actually came in the room. I was, like, probably being really dramatic and crying on the floor or something like that, right? Like boyfriend had just told me essentially like, yeah, you're pregnant, but our relationship isn't going to work and eh, I don't want to be with you type of thing. Because, you know, you do that when you're 15. Yeah, yeah. Young and dumb. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was on the floor crying and my mom came in and she like knew that this was like a legitimate like I am in deep pain right now, kind of cry. And she's like, what's going on? And I said, I'm pregnant. And she said, no. And she ran out of the room. And she ran to her room and slammed the door. And then she's sobbing. And uh, that was, you know, it was that night. And then the next day she woke up and she's like, okay, you're going to have to tell your dad. And she, so made she you. called him and said, yeah. Wow. So she, she said, ran um, out of the room, which I have to imagine is the nightmare reaction. <laughs> yes. It's the nightmare reaction that you are praying doesn't happen. And then she says, you call your dad. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. So my dad, she told my dad that I had something to tell him. And he went and picked me up from school. And mind you, I went to an, um, an all-girls Catholic school. Oh, I assumed. <laughs> I assumed. (laughs) So um, he picked me up from school and uh, he said, your mom says you have something to tell me. And he said, yeah, I'd rather just wait until we get to the house that she's there so I could tell you with her there. Because I thought for sure, like, he was going to beat me. Like, my dad was strict. He was the mean one in, in the 
a set of parents, he was the one that enforced all of the rules. And so I was like, I'm going to die right now. And uh, he just grabbed my hand and he said, listen, I'm in a pretty good mood right now. You should probably just go ahead and tell me while I'm in a good mood. (laughs) Okay. Sure, Dad. (laughs) Okay. And uh, so then I'm crying and shaking. I said, okay, I'm pregnant. And he just continued to hold my hand and he said, okay, we're going to get through this together and we're going to help you and I'm going to help you be the best that, you know, do the best that we can. And I think I'm going to make a pretty good grandpa. Wow. I was just completely floored. Wow. Um, my, yeah. Dad stepped up. My parents up. were so amazing. They, they helped me so much. And, um, from there, that was my, that was my junior year. And then I, I finished out my junior year. And over the summer, I had my son and I was lucky enough back then. I think teen pregnancy must have been more of a, a thing back then because there were these teen parent centers. So I went to this, um, it was like a continuation school, but they had this one section that was just for teen moms and they had a nursery. It was more like independent study. Um, so I was able to finish up the rest of my credits for my senior year in just a couple of months. And then I applied to my local state college and like got into college that, that, Spring, that January of my senior year, I started college. They, uh, I took night classes and they helped me take care of the baby while I was in school and everything worked out really well. Wow. Pretty amazing. So it sounds like you, uh, it sounds like your, your, your family, uh, had your back. It, it sounds like it didn't slow you down all that much. Let's go ahead and pause this call because we got some ads coming up. I'm going to go ahead and say, I love this caller. I love her energy. I love her story. I love her openness. I love her honesty. We're going to get back to that. In the meantime, though, do check out the ads that we have. Use the promo codes if anything appeals to you. It helps Beautiful Anonymous when you do so. We'll be right back with more phone call after this. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. I know, your life's busy. How are you going to fit something else into it, right? You can't set aside a whole hour for that. Well, look, with Talkspace, therapy is easy. As easy as sending your therapist a message. Get something off your chest whenever you need to. Talk about everyday challenges at work or at home. Chat about life. No extra commutes involved. You don't even have to leave the office. You're not going to get in trouble for leaving. Nobody's going to judge you. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. You can improve your mental health. And remember, therapy isn't just venting inner thoughts, digging into childhood stuff. It doesn't have to be melodramatic. It can just be practical. That's how it is for me. Everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life. Having a therapist, all it does is provide you a designated person to talk to, someone who's trained to listen and help you make positive changes. And the Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com beautiful. Use the code beautiful. You get $45 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's beautiful 
at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors our show. Now let's get back to the phone call. Had your back. It, it sounds like it didn't slow you down all that much. Yeah, it really didn't. Other than, you know, I wanted, when I first started college, I had these crazy expectations that I was going to be a neurosurgeon. I think probably because of all of the stuff that had happened with my family and my grandma. And I knew that my dad also had the condition because he, um, when I was four, he was paralyzed from another bleed and um, had to relearn to walk and everything again. So I was just like, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon and cure my family's ailment. And I had all these big dreams. And then I got to college and I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. That seems difficult. I mean, that seems like it would be. I don't have that competitive. I was going to say that that seems like a difficult path to walk, whether or not you have a child. (laughs) Neurosurgery is is a competitive one no matter what. So what did you wind up studying? I learned all about biology mm-hmm. and uh, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do but I just knew that I, I had this biology teacher in high school that really inspired me and I really loved learning about wildlife and nature and stuff so I was like okay I'll, I'll just go study biology and then it took seven and a half years to graduate but you know I graduated and that's okay. messed around a lot with a lot of different, I took classes on fish and mammals and birds and insects and aquatic insects and learned all about animal behavior and then got a job that has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> As one does. As one does. You know, you know how that goes. <laughs> and you have you have a, another child as well. I do. She's fifteen. Fifteen. So that was eight years. So that was when you were twenty-four. Yeah, I think I made this a habit that you know, getting pregnant in my senior year. <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> Got pregnant in my senior year so you, of college. You did. <laughs> You did, and during graduation, can I yeah. ask? I, I mean, can I can I ask what the circumstances of this one were? <laughs> so, um, going back to going back to my son and his father in that fun relationship, we were off and on until I was about eighteen. So until my son was about two, and then. Um, I was in college, and in college, in my, I think it was in my, oh, I don't remember. I guess it had to have been my junior year in college. Um, I met my husband because we had an English class together, and so we just became really good friends, and we would laugh and joke a lot. And um, then after about a year, I was like, hey, you know what? I really like this guy. And so we started dating, and I don't know. Timeline is very blurry to me. I mean, I guess I was there for seven and a half years, so, you know. Yeah. Junior year probably doesn't really mean junior year, but <laughs> at some point we we were dating, and then probably a couple years later I found myself pregnant, 
And uh, so we had the baby, and then we got married when my daughter was a year old. And we've been together now for uh, 14 years. Well, that's it, that's beautiful. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Now, can I ask? You. My son. Yeah. <laughs> can I ask, when, you, when you're now approaching college graduation, and you call yeah. your and you call your parents again and say, hey, so I have some news. <laughs> What's that like? Yeah. What's that round two like? They're like, what is happening in your life? <laughs> I said, um, I said my son's name. Son's going to have a, it's going to be a big brother. And they're like, what? <laughs> said, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have a baby, and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> um, are you happy about this?" <laughs> but yes, of course, I'm happy. And they're like, "Okay, we're happy for you." <laughs> really? Because I was anticipating you get back on the phone with your dad, and he's like, "Come the fuck on! What the f- what? What are you?" D- I mean, I'm sure when he hung the phone up, (laughs) I'm sure those were his exact thoughts. (laughs) He he had said that he was going to give me a graduation trip to Hawaii when I graduated from college, and then I was pregnant, and then he was like, so that trip's canceled, right? You're not going to Hawaii after all. So you have a you have a pretty remarkable family, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. My um, my mom passed away about eleven years ago now. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, she had breast cancer, and um, she had breast cancer for about three years. And uh, yeah, one day she showed up at my house and. She was wearing one earring and her shoes were untied. And I was like, Mom, what's going on? And she said, oh, yeah, I don't know. I think my earring fell out a few days ago. And I said, you've been walking around with one earring for like three days? And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess. And she went home that day and she got lost. She couldn't remember how to get to her house, from my house. And she called me and she said, oh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I got lost. I don't know where I finally had to call someone and figure out how to get home. I said, Mom, you need to call your doctor immediately. And we need to go see your doctor tomorrow. And it turned out that the cancer had spread to her brain. And so she um, lived for about 11 months after that. And she moved in with me, and I was an only child, so I had to figure out how to sell her house and sell her car and pay all of her bills and get everything in order. And then uh, we went through hospice, and that was really great. I think someone else had talked about hospice on another episode, and I just, you know, I wanted to echo, like, how wonderful hospice volunteers and hospice nurses are. They're just amazing. They were so wonderful to my family. And so after about a year after she died, I went back and 
signed up to be a hospice volunteer too and did that for a couple of years and I had some really amazing experiences with people that were in hospice and just having them tell me their life stories and getting to listen to them was really inspiring. How I, I say this very genuinely. How do you, uh, how are you so positive? How are you so good natured? <laughs> I don't know. I go home and cry every night. Yeah, I mean, we've been laughing the whole time, and then every story you tell me is actually a story that, uh, it's fraught with uh, some, like real toughness, you know, either stress or anxiety yeah, or pain. Yeah. You've lived through a lot in 39 years. I know. It's true, right? It's crazy. Yeah. And every day I just have to wake up and be like, all right, what's life throwing at me today? Because, man, I've had to roll with some punches. And yet you say it in that, a tone of voice that's more positive than I've ever attained in 38 years on Earth. <laughs> You're like, yeah, what? what's life going to throw me today? I've had to roll with some punches. Yeah, it's so true. Man, you can either just cry about it or laugh about it. And I just, I have to laugh, you know? I have yeah. to be like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is so comical. Like, how much worse can things get sometimes? But, you know, it's... You learn and you grow and I don't know, I guess you just become a better person with every obstacle that you have to overcome. How's your husband doing? Yeah. Uh, he's, he is so wonderful. He, he was definitely my rock through everything that happened with my mom and just, just completely being there for me, but not being intrusive, you know, cause I guess, Sometimes if things are hard that are happening in my life, then I kind of tend to like shut down a little bit with my family just because I, I guess I don't want to like be an emotional wreck in front of them. I have to be strong and be, you know, the mom that like has everything together. Oh, oh look at this. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to no. get myself together. You don't have to apologize. Um, you don't have to be strong around me. I don't even know you. <laughs> um, anyway, he's he knows, like, when to ask questions and when to back off, you know? Like, you can, you can dig in a little bit and say, how are you feeling? And I can tell him as much as I'm able to tell him at that moment. And it's just like, okay. And he'll just hug me and hold me and hold my hand and... Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, that's pretty good. You wound up with a good one, huh? I really did. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't stick with that shithead really from did. high school. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my gosh, we celebrated so hard when my son turned 18. Oh, I really? Like, we don't have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. So that stayed. That you just don't even know. Like that just remained a headache for eighteen years. It really did, you know. I mean, God, there's just some things that you don't really think about, like how much you have to deal with somebody that you really don't want in your life. But when you have a kid, oh, it complicates things. His family is really wonderful, though. 
That must his help. Parents are, yeah, his parents are amazing, and they're so nice, and they were so involved in my son's life throughout his whole life. And uh, I had such a good relationship with them. And, and my husband and my husband's parents and my son's dad's parents, they all get along so well. You have these family get-togethers where everyone's all in the same room laughing and joking and nobody's mad at each other. Even when through the times that my son's father and I hated each other, we could still be civil to each other and our families would get together and still have a really good time together. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he, That's co- pretty important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you've you've had a, a life that has had a lot of chaos, and it sounds like you've had to really learn more than most how to find the level head inside that chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Now your uh, your dad, he's dealing. You yeah. know, he's he's suffering right now, and I'm really sorry about that. How long ago did that happen? Did he get to did he get to like hang out with your grandkid at all before the the latest uh, round of incidents? Yeah, this is fresh. Three weeks ago. Three weeks. That must be cool so to be a great son, granddad. That that must be oh a cool thing to see your dad get to hit that level. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, my grandson will be, what's the date? I guess maybe we're not supposed to say what the date is. You can say the date. <laughs> I think my grandson will be, what is the date today? It's June 8th. 8th? It's June 8th, 2018. June 8th. Okay. Thank you. My grandson will be three months old in two days. Wow. That's... Yeah. Oh, he's beautiful. What month What month um, were you born in? I was born in December. So, I'm a Sagittarius. You were born in December, which I believe yeah. means you're five, five months older than me. Or, oh, really? Or 17 months. Which one would it be? You're 39? So you turn 40. You just turned 38, right? I just turned I 38. I turned 40 this year. You do. So you're, what's that mean? You're. I think that means 17 months. 17 months. I'm not good with the math and whatnot. Yeah. You're 17 <laughs> months older than me. And you just said the sentence, my grandson is three months old. That's, yeah. From my perspective, no that's offense. A, I think you could tell I'm not out to offend you. That's bonkers. <laughs> that's bonkers. You know, that sentence really does seem to amaze a lot of people. Because <laughs> that you, is true. You can't. You also can't judge someone based on their voice. But you sound very youthful. You don't have a grandma energy. I'm sure you get this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, there's a loud motorcycle going by. Um, yes. I mean, I feel like I am a very youthful person. You're young to have a 15 year old daughter. You have a three month old grandchild. Right? So that's usually how people lead in because my daughter is still with me a lot of the time. They're like, wait, you can't have a 15 year old daughter. And I'm like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool party trick. Yeah, right? 
<laughs> All right. So you know what? I always said that when I got on, I was going to have a list of questions for you. Of course, I can't remember most of them right now, but I still have questions. Well, I'll answer any question you want, even though you have the most fascinating life in the world. Wait. Pause. Questions about me? Who wants questions about... I guess we're going to ask some questions about me when we get back, guys. Uh, this caller seems convinced that this is what the beautiful anonymous community wants, some behind-the-scenes info on me and my life. Get back to that. And then also back to her very, very fascinating life after these advertisements. Hello, everybody. It's Chris. Weird. We, okay, you can tell already this is not a usual ad because it's me. It's me talking to you. Um, Earwolf has set aside some time because they want us to do a little primer. They're asking the little sh- all the shows. How can I support the show? A lot of people ask that about all the shows here at Earwolf. So I'm going to take some time to tell you what you can do to support Beautiful Anonymous. Okay, there's a lot you can do. Any one of these things helps. First of all, you heard me talk about it. We got Beautiful Anonymous, the Facebook community. This thing is almost 29,000 people strong. It's a really amazing addition to the show. It's, uh, I always say, whenever I meet someone on the road who, who, who listens to the show, it's so crazy to me that it's just me, one-on-one with a stranger, but it's a huge community that surrounds it. The epicenter of this show, show's community is that Facebook group. Face, beautiful, anonymous, the community. Join up. Have fun. Okay, here's another thing you do. You go leave a review in Apple Podcasts. I have not shilled this for you guys really in years, um, but it helps so much when you do it. So go check it out. You leave a little review. It sends us up the charts. New people find the show. Okay, or share an episode. Facebook, Twitter, tell a friend face-to-face, text somebody. You got to listen to this. Okay, it, it really does help so much. The word of mouth is the best type of advertising there is. Be that friend that tells people about the show if you love it. I would appreciate it. Follow our show on Facebook. You follow me on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I let you know when the calls are going out. Also, Earwolf is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, okay? Or you sign up for the newsletter at earwolf.com. It's cool stuff. And if you got a few bucks a month for podcasts, use our code to sign up for Stitcher Premium. That way we get a piece. If you sign up for Stitcher Premium, if you're looking to check out our back catalog, our live shows, our upcoming new project that hasn't been announced yet that you guys are going to love, Go sign up. You get our archives plus a ton of bonus episodes and podcasts. Use the code STORIES for a free month. So subscribe, share, follow. I'll see you at the top of the charts, baby. There it is. You subscribe, you share, you follow, and thanks for listening. Thanks again to all of our sponsors who bring this show to the world. Now let's get back to the phone call. Well, I'll answer any question you want, even though you have the most fascinating life in the world. I think sometimes, you know, like listeners of the show, they get pretty excited when they hear stuff about you too. Hey, this is oh, your call. Wow. I'm down for whatever. I'm an open book. Everybody knows that. <laughs> you know what? I was reading. Oh, congratulations on your new book coming out. Is it officially out yet? Nope. October 16th hits the streets. Get oh, that copy. It's wow. called Lose Well. Some time to wait. We're gonna have some. Uh, we're gonna have some promo codes for beautiful anonymous listeners. Really try. I, I'm now. I'm at a point in my career where I'm very comfortable and secure. But I do think it would just be funny if I could become a New York Times bestseller. That would be hilarious. Oh, that would be amazing. If some schmuck from North Jersey gets on the bestseller list, I'm gonna ask all the beautiful anonymous listeners to help me game the system on that one because I got some ideas. <laughs> You know we're all behind you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
Um, so reading your first book, I was wondering about this, this crazy person from your neighborhood. I forget his name, but he had some crazy name. We called him Kuzo in the book. Kuzo, yes. That guy, the guy in the moped. I really wanted more. (laughs) Yes. Really? I didn't. Growing up, I wanted no more of that maniac. (laughs) No, he was a sweet kid. What a funny thing to be asked about. That was my second book. I actually wrote, a lot of people don't know, I actually wrote another book before that, but it was through a company that I worked for. Um, we're in New York, but yes, what was it? It was called Weird New York. I, I worked at a magazine for many years called Weird New Jersey. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they I did know this. They expanded into a book series, and they had me write Weird New York for them. Um, so, and then I wrote another book that was my first personal book that came out in 2011. One of the fr- yeah, it, see, that, that might be California. the first. Cha- it's like the first or second chapter is about this guy in my neighborhood who used to ride a moped around and torment us. And it was nuts. It was nuts. But it's very North Jersey in the 80s, very 1980s, early 1990s North Jersey story of like some kid with no supervision who rides around on a moped and no adults ever step in and say, hey, don't uh, tear thorn branches off bushes and chase the other kids around on your moped and whip them with the thorn branches. Don't do that. It's just they just let us live in chaos. At all times. I wish I could say his real name, but it would be bad. His real name, I think Kuzo is a very good approximation. His real name, man, this kid was, I looked him up. I looked him up on Facebook. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Like on Facebook? Yeah, I found him on you Facebook. Him on I Facebook? was like, holy shit, the, oh people like God. this are alive. People like this just grow old just like the rest of us. These weird cartoon characters from our past that you grow up with who are these larger than life guys. And he just like works a gig and he has a family and... Good on him. I have no idea if he's heard of it. I have no idea if wow. he would even remember who I was. He'd probably remember my brother more than me. Um, but yeah, he was a true crackpot. He used to drive a car when he was like 13. He'd just like drive around in a car. We're all like, <laughs> where'd he get a car? He wouldn't tell us. I no idea to this day how old he was. I just knew he was older than me and he was terrifying. And he had mo- multiple motor vehicles. It seems like a, a scene from a movie. My whole goddamn yeah. life. My whole goddamn life. Well, I'm also Irish, so I know how to spin a good yarn out of it, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever had anyone like that in my life. That was that, that story really stood out to me. Oh, because your life hasn't been like a movie at all. <laughs> Nothing cinematic about your life story. You know, yeah, I don't know. I have to, I have to ask myself that all the time. Like, okay, am I living, am I living a crazy life, or is this just like normal things that happen to all kinds of people? Just keep, I don't yeah, know. Just you keep know, my. You were just to me. Were like, your life's like a movie. I've never had anything happen like that. I'm like, oh really? Your grandchild's mom is older than you, so. <laughs> I think neither one of us needs to be pointing fingers at who has the more unusual life. Okay, my friend? You're 100% correct. I did. You are living in a family that is, on the surface, a mathematical impossibility. So let's not, let's not start pointing fingers, friend. 
what I meant was I never had anyone that terrorized my neighborhood. We had that. That was a big thing in Jersey. Uh, it's funny because on some level they were just bullies, but it was also like a, just like a big pissing contest. Who could be the craziest one? Yeah. A lot of crazy people in my neighborhood. A lot of Wow. Yeah. That was your question. That was the hey, big are question. There like, that, was, that was like number one on my on my list of things to ask you, that's correct. Number two, um, you talk a lot about um, door uh, cabinet doors staying open in drawers. Is this correct? Yeah, that it was in the HBO you special. You have a thing about... You're the yeah. nicest person I've ever talked to. You're the nicest human being I've ever talked to. Everyone listening will probably agree with me. You're so nice, and you have you, all these little details about my life. It's making me feel good. And here it is when we still have 17 minutes left for you to tell your story. But, yes, yeah, so the cabinet oh doors God. and drawers, yeah. No way. Well, then, if that made me think, like, wow, like, you know people have aesthetics in their home, like their decor, and, like, are they messy people? Or are they clean mm-hmm. people? Or are they clean freaks? Yeah. Are there piles everywhere? Yeah. Because I think in my house, like, the front of the house looks good, and it's always, there's never any messes, but, like, my closet is my secret lair where it's just, like, this enormous mountain. <laughs> That's where all my chaos lies. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, I wanted to know what the aesthetic in your household is like. You're an adorable grandma. Everyone's going to lose their fucking minds over this episode. You're a grandma and you're being real adorable and everybody's about to lose their fucking minds. Because you told your whole story and now you're asking me these weird behind the scenes questions that no one saw coming. It's, it's really, I got to tell you, it's quite charming. My, well, my, I tell you, what's the, so you want to know what is the aesthetic in my home is the thing we're talking about on the show today, Jared. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I think I'm a, I, I'll tell you, I work really hard to be a good husband. I, I will tell you, if you ask my wife what the worst thing about living with me is, it's little piles of shit everywhere. It's that I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a dirty person, but I'm a boy for sure. If that makes sense. There's, yeah, I have learned, does. yes, I've never cohabitated before my wife, uh, you know, uh, lived with, lived, lived with someone else. And, uh, I will tell you, you just learn that the boys are dirty. We grow up dirty. And I only had a brother, and we were dirty, and we grew up down the hill, which is not – you can tell from the name. That's not the clean part of town. It's down the hill. <laughs> uh-huh. And my parents are very neat people. My mom is an extremely orderly person. We grew up in a very clean house. I'm not saying that. I think my brother and I were just kind of like brothers, rough and tumble, and – I think I'm clean. And then my wife will like, like, I'll do a dish. This happened again yesterday. Yesterday. I did the dishes. And then my wife picks up one of the bowls and is like, clean this again. And I get all offended where I'm like, don't talk to me like I'm a child. And then she's like, I'm not. Look at it. And I pick it up and it's just covered in shit. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll clean it again because I'm a boy. And we have yeah. two In the neighborhood we live in, all the buildings, they have these buildings. And one of the features, this neighborhood's known for is there's two there's a stand-up shower and a tub shower in every bathroom for some reason that's just how this neighborhood's built so she has her shower and i have my shower and you would know instantly whose was whose if you walked into our bathroom wait like in the same bathroom or two same bathroom no one bathroom two showers 
Yeah. Wow. It's a weird feature of uh, of Jackson Heights, Queens. Wow. It's known, the neighborhood's known for it. We thought about getting one of them turned into a closet, the stand-up show. We're going to turn it into a closet. Every cr- contractor we talked to said, no, this neighborhood is famous for these. Don't do it. People love these. Oh, right, right, right. But yeah, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. My wife leaves everything open, and she will sometimes get in clutter. Like, there are, there are times where sometimes there will be a lot of clutter in our house that is Hallie's, but there's never filth. I am the source of all the filth. When she'll like point at a thing and be like, there's like, she'll point at like my shower door and be like, there's stuff growing at the bottom. Clean off the stuff that's growing at least. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, that's the worst part about being married to me is that I'm, is that I'm a boy who doesn't that's see. Okay. And I'm it's not trying to be right. a jerk. It's not that I don't want to clean and don't want to help. It's that I honestly don't see it you, as much as she does. It's just you. Yeah, I understand. What's your next question, yeah. grandma? What's my next question? I had one. This is really what you've planned on doing if you ever gotten through? <laughs> is telling me a truncated version of your most, the most fascinating life story ever and then asking me what my home aesthetic is? <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. I mean, like, I could talk to you for hours about my life, but I know all about my life. I know it's the same for you, but you know I think listeners would be appreciative. They're of, loving it of knowing details about you, right? Some like, of them have turned like it off. Kind of I'm not going to lie. Some of them have turned it off, okay. and the ones who remain okay. are dancing, are dancing with joy that you're doing this. <laughs> what else you got, Grandma? Oh man, I don't know. I had two other ones, and they disappeared. Two other ones disappeared. I guess I can ask you, growing up... Oh, 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 Okay, 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 yeah, no, go for it. Okay. Um, uh, your, you had a recent story about Mike Berbiglia and, and the wedding story, and everyone got so excited about your friendship with Mike Mike Berbiglia and, and, uh, (laughs) and that relationship, and that was pretty awesome for me, because I wanted to tell you that the, that's how I found you. It's because I like randomly turned on a Netflix special one day, and it was uh, my girlfriend's boyfriend. And I was like, "Oh, I'm bored. I don't have anything else to do. I'm gonna put this on. I have no idea who this guy is." And just like totally amazed me. And uh, and then so I was like, "Wow, this guy is really cool. Like, I want to find out more about him." And then I saw he came out with that movie. Don't think twice, and you were in it. And then I heard you on NPR, and I was like, "Wow, I have to check out this guy's podcast." And here we are, and here I am today. So, what's the question? Oh, you're cool. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> what is going on right now? My question is: What is happening? My question is that I want to make sure that you guys still have that same level of friendship. <laughs> You want to just check in? You want to call the podcast and use your platform? 100,000 people listening. You want to just make sure me and Burt Biggs are still pals? Yes, it's so important. I'm happy to tell you we are. I opened for him through all of 2014. It was really eye-opening. I learned a lot about how to be a better comedian. And I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was already pretty good. I was pretty deep in, and I learned a lot from Burt Biggs. I owe him a lot. Put me in his movie. 
and uh, really believed in me. Since the movie wrapped, you know, he's he's a relentlessly busy guy. I'm a relentlessly busy guy. We haven't caught up in person as much as we would like, but we still text all the time, and sometimes we get on the phone like a couple little chatty Cathy's. Oh, that's so cute. Is that the answer you were hoping for? Yes, I'm glad. No, I could ask. it wasn't that you got in some huge fight. No. And you never spoke to each other again. No, it's it's, it's funny because I think Mike and I, Mike and I are both really hard workers. I, I'm a workaholic. I'm not going to speak for him. Sometimes I think you get people like that and it can they can bounce off each other. But I think we've just always really understood each other. And I uh, actually uh, sent, just sent him a copy of my new book where I thanked him in the back. Aww. Yeah. That's wonderful. Okay. You have a question. Did you find that growing up Hispanic in a Catholic community led to extra judgment based on your early um, early pregnancy? Or you could just ask me more yeah. about home decor, whichever one you want. <laughs> no, I think I'm done with the question. Yes, 100%. Yes. Um, We're going to just was, jump back was... to that? <laughs> What's your home aesthetic? Wait, I thought you wanted me to answer that. I the did. Question. I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just amazed that we took like a 10 to 15 minute rest stop to talk about home decor and Mike Berbiglia and then you were totally fine with me asking about the judgment of the Catholic community. Go. It must have been brutal. Um yes. But <clears throat> I wasn't like a super hardcore Catholic growing up. So yes, there was a lot of talk about me ruining my life and never having a shot at pursuing my career. I mean, my, my goals and my career. And, uh, you know, that my life was just going to turn out to be a mess. And I had some... Uh, my life didn't take a straight path, you know? There were a lot of detours along the way. But I made it there. But I think the the thing that I remember most was my mom and I went to my ultrasound when I was five months pregnant to find out if it was a boy or a girl. And the remarks that the ultrasound technician were saying to both me and my mom, like really, really rude stuff, um, probably stuck out to me the most. And I don't know if she was Hispanic or Catholic. I just remember she was a person who was passing judgment in a very vocal way. That sucks. I remember once I had a, um, uh, also uh, f- my mom and my aunt, listen, e- who cares? I had a pregnancy scare when I was a freshman in college, my girlfriend in high school and college. I don't, I may have told this story on the show before. I don't know, but we had to go to a drugstore to get a pregnancy test. And the person kind of like t- t- at us, you know, like gave us a little bit of that, like <laughs> gave us a little bit of like yeah. a glanced at us and was like, Hmm. And I wanted to rip over, I wanted to like reach over the counter and grab the person and just fling them across the room. I can't imagine. Isn't that the worst? Because like you're feeling, well, no, there are, there are many people who feel wonderful about going and buying a pregnancy test because they really want to be pregnant. Yeah, and then there's another. A, when you're in a college town and you're two visibly teenaged kids. Right. Bite your right. tongue. And there's the other half that like are just. That's like one of the worst times of your life is having to go into a store and buy a pregnancy test yeah. and praying that it's going to come out negative. And then, yeah, for people to like stare at you and judge you in that moment is pretty messed up. Grandma, how'd you do it? Yeah. What's the secret? How'd you do this? 
What did I do? You turned into a positive, warm person who's faced down so much and is still facing down so much. What's the secret? Oh, man, there's no secret. I, I'm a very bubbly person. I guess you maybe can tell, and maybe sometimes I talk a lot. But, um, but I definitely have my own struggles with anxiety and depression. Absolutely, 100%. And therapy and talking to people and having a good family support and having a good friend that I can express all of my worst thoughts to and not be judged by. That's pretty important, I think. So you just work as hard as anybody have, else? I can say, yeah, I can say all of the terrible things that are on my mind sometimes <laughs> and, and he validates them. He's like, yeah, that's, yeah, valid, valid thought. <laughs> no secret, just hard work and keeping good people around you. Absolutely. That's cool. I forgot to tell you uh-huh. another interesting aspect of my life. Oh, boy. When I was in college. What's this going to be? How much time do we have left? Five minutes and 20 seconds. I feel like I've been talking so much. Jeez. Okay. Um, when I was in college, one day I came in, and this guy that was in my biology class, he had an indent on on his face, like on his forehead and around his nose. And I was like, why do you have this weird indent on your face? And he said, oh, I work at the coroner's office and I have to wear this like, head mask thing. So I'm an autopsy assistant. And I just like dropped everything. I was like, I 100% need to do this right now. So he gave me the contact information. I went and got interviewed and got accepted. And I was an intern at the coroner's office and I got to do autopsies. And that was pretty amazing. And then like, so you start out at like basic stuff, right? What are you talking about? I can really gross you out or I could not. (laughs) What are you talking about? But, But then when you graduate to the next level, like the next level where you're like superstar autopsy assistant, they give you the bone saw and then you what? get to like use a scalpel and then peel back the. Oh man, I'm probably grossing a lot of I people. I just out threw right my now. glasses anyway, for the first time in a while. First time in a long time that the glasses got thrown down on the table. <laughs> you get to um, cuddle a, a circle on the skull and then they show you how to extract a brain. And there's like a whole technique for it, and then you get to measure it. And there's a lot of other really cool stuff that you get to do as an autopsy assistant. So, uh, yeah, that was really cool. But I saw a lot of really messed up stuff also. Do you have questions? What do you do now? <laughs> um, now I kind of have kind of a boring job. But, um, Astronaut. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, it's not boring for some people. So I work in, um, in, uh, my state's research, uh, energy industry. And we have this, um, program for clean energy research. And I supervise people. That's cool. And, That's uh, an important thing. My wife's going to love that. My wife's, my wife's obsessed with the environment and clean energy oh, is a thing great. she talks that's about good a lot. To hear. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so we work with a lot of like entrepreneurs and researchers that have new ideas about 
ways to conserve energy and make new energy efficient technologies and things like that. And it is exciting for some people. You know what's cool? You're going to get so much time with your grandkid. I know. More than most people. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Unless I die tomorrow. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Trying to have a happy, sentimental <laughs> moment here. Two minutes left. I'm trying to wind us down, stick the landing on something that feels positive and uplifting and sentimental. <laughs> oh, see, this is how I deal with life. I know, I know. But I think it stems back to that autopsy internship that I know that, like... <laughs> At the end of the day, it's just some Every moment 20-year-old intern yanking your brain out of your head with their right hand while they hold a bone saw in their left hand. Yeah. Oh, and oh, my gosh. Then I got to see people who are, are organ donors and, like, what happens to your body after organ donation. And sometimes they'll take out your bones and, like, your eyeballs and all of your organs and stuff. But, man, you, you end up really looking like a rag doll. And yeah, you know, just life is, life is crazy. And I guess if we're winding down, I would just say that (laughs) you should appreciate like every waking moment that you have, like this whole hour that I've just had is so amazing. And uh, yeah, just like value it because you never know when you're going to get a phone call and something crazy is going to be on the other end of that phone call, you know, 100% appreciate small things. We have 45 seconds left. I want to thank you. I can say, no exaggeration, this has been one of my favorite calls we've done. And uh, so much to it. And most of all, sending love to you and your family, especially your dad. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This has been really great. Got 25 seconds left if you want to drop any more bombs on the way out the door. (laughs) I don't think I have any more. Um, Any love la- to you and Hallie and Jared and Shannon and uh, Vacation Jason. Oh, no. my God. It shouldn't end that way. Why? Uh, Vacation Jason. My and, enemy. Uh, uh, Justin. Justin. He's a good guy, right? <laughs> Caller, thank you. What a great energy you have, and what a fascinating story you have. And to hear from somebody who uh, who lived a life that I think would have thrown many people for loops, but to hear how positive you are and how, how much you've, you've built a life that you're happy with and a family you're happy with, inspiring, downright inspiring. Thanks for telling us about it. Thank you, Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson, the Reverend John DeLuke, Greta Cohn, Shell Shag. I'm getting out on the road a ton this summer, guys. Go to chrisgeth.com. See if I'm coming to your town. Buy some tickets. Would love to meet you. If you want to help Beautiful Anonymous, go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. It really, really helps it when you do. And uh, I think that, yeah, is that all the business? That's all the business. All right, we'll see you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, I'm truly touched when a, a young man who's never really told anybody about his sexuality decides to tell us. I sometimes teach people that, you know, being honest with yourself, you know, is very important and sometimes I don't follow 
that in my own way. So when I turned 25, I was like, all right, I'm going to use this year. And this is the year I think I'm going to come out of the closet. Oh, wow. And so... How's that been going? We are almost at the year mark. <laughs> uh-huh. And so... It hasn't happened yet, but I have been, you know, really fighting some internal demons with myself. You know, in this last year, I was just like, you know what? I think I get on. If I get on, I think this is going to be a really big, you know, step for me. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.